0: Praise the Lord. All right, you may be seated. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the good name of the Lord. Isn't the Lord wonderful? I'm telling you. Okay, Greg, you can bring those up if you want to. I I forgot to do it last night. started an altar call and I didn't. I didn't do it quick enough before, this is the last night and the last time you'll have a chance on this trip. So I mentioned some of the things that you need, you can decide what you want, put the table over after service. Uh, you have authority, yeah. but, if, but if you don't know it, you stir up the gift that's in you, you have authority. A little mini book. You must know your authority. Another little mini book. i have got 37 mini books I think. Confess. Confession brings possession. That's one of the top sellers in a mini book. And this one here. Brother Hagin was my best customer on this. He ordered these by the thousands. He said this is the best book that I ever wrote. God's power through the land of hands. I think I have all the scriptures in that book about laying on of hands in the New Testament. How to live and not die. We get lots of mail for this saves your life. It saves your life. This totally saves your life. You do what it says, read that book and do what it says and you can live and not die. Don't let the devil steal your destiny because he will. Can get you on another road besides what God has you on. Don't forget to laugh at the devil. Laugh at him. You know, the Bible says, if you'll if you put this together, the Bible says laughter, in other words, maketh like good medicine. You can have any kind of disease. I don't care what kind of you got. I don't care if it's a crooked leg. You can laugh at it and command it with authority to be normal. I command you be normal and then laugh at it. Laugh at it. Every day, look at your crooked leg, the, the crippleness, and laugh at it. Say, you can't, you, can't, you can't stand that way because these are my legs. Are you kidding me? Are you crazy? I command you, straighten out. <laughs> oh, 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 you're nuts. You're up the next morning you're still crooked. You're You think you're going to stay crooked, but you're not because I command you straighten out and do it every day. Every day, every day, every day, one morning you'll get up and you'll be normal. Amen. Not maybe either, you will be. Amen. But you got to do it every day, you got to do it with authority. If you ever start speaking weak, you won't get nothing. Well, Lord, I'm oh, Lord, oh, oh, oh. Ha ha ha. Uh, uh, um. uh, I want you to straighten out in our legs. Ha ha ha. God does not fool with half dead anything. You have to show God that you're alive. Amen. How to deal with Satan and demons. If you don't know how to deal with Satan and demons, that'll teach you. How to deal with them. <clears throat> I have a different way tonight. That God required me one time to deal with the devil. How how to pray effectively. You'll hear a little bit about that tonight. How to pray effectively. When I went through a thing in a a service. Always remember if you don't receive something from God. It's because you didn't pray effectively. You prayed wrong and you believe wrong. Now get this statement. All things, God says, all things are possible to him that believeth. That's anybody in the world. All things. Deformed children, everything. All things. All things. I told you last night. you won't have to find no church in the world that knows how to take a deformed child and get it normal. They just, they just, they're not that educated. They just don't know enough. You understand that? God knows everything, but we don't know everything. And you're not, you're not going to learn how to do it unless you listen to him. But when God says all things are possible to him that believeth, he means that. So if there's anything you or anybody else don't get, it's because it's you don't believeth. Because God says all things are possible to him that believeth. Not to him because you need it. You said, well, I believe the Lord, no, no. Yeah, oh, sure. People tell me that all the time. But I started years ago asked them, I said, well, now, wait a minute. Oh, you know, I have people to stop me all the time and say, well, I, I, I believe the Lord, and I did everything you said, but it didn't work. I said, no, you didn't. Uh-huh. I say, uh-uh. <laughs> oh, yeah, I said, no, you didn't. Are you trying to tell me that God is a liar? Well, no, no, I wasn't. I said, yeah, you did. You said you believed and didn't get it. There's no such thing as that. Do you understand that in your squirrely mind and your thick head? There is no such thing as that. And you don't have no friends, nowhere in the world, any time that believed God and didn't receive. There's no such thing as that. You understand that? There's no such thing as that. God says, "All things are possible to him that believeth." Oh well, I'm a Christian. I believe. No, 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 no. You believe what they believe when you go to church. You're trained. You ever stop and think that your teacher don't know much? If you can't get God to do something, you either not listen to your teacher, or they don't know much. All things are possible to him that believeth. And you have a good man in of this church. Rodney, he's got patience. Patience is what makes faith work. And you receive from God by faith. God is a faith God. And you know, Rodney, he'll just walk around with patience and just stand and look at you. <laughs> <laughs> he don't get in a hurry but he believes God for some of the strongest things I've ever seen in my life when he went to New York City Health that meeting at Madison Square Garden and they want $85,000 a night for auditorium $85,000 a night and he don't have no money But he told him, he said, well, I will have it, though. Right. He didn't have no money. He said, but I will have it. Yeah. And he had it. Yeah. Paid it all off. Through faith, he believed. This is a tape series, How to Live and Not Die. Yeah. Now, I'm holding a meeting one time in El Paso, Texas, at Charles Neiman's church. But the Charles has a church there, about 3,500 people. And I was speaking in his church, at that particular time <clears throat> I knew an RN nurse in L.A., in Hollywood, around Hollywood there, her name was Tony, spirit-filled Christian nurse, RN. And Rock Hudson had AIDS and he was overseas and he, he came back from overseas and went to the hospital and she became his nurse in the hospital and then one more girl in the hospital helped her was assigned to him and she was a Christian too Tony used to come and hear me teach when I go to LA and stuff you know so I'm speaking in a meeting in El Paso, Texas now then uh, he's at home she called me on the phone, Tony did, and says, the novel they're going to move Rock Hudson from uh, the hospital back home because they've given him up to die. And they say he won't live very much longer, maybe a few weeks, a few months. But they, the hospital can't help him, so there's no reason to stay in there. They're going to assign two nurses to him. He has to have somebody with him all the time. Pray that God will have them to pick me and this other girl, both of us are Christians, to go to Rock Hudson's mansion with him and take care of him there. So we prayed and they got us, both of them got assigned to it. 12 hour shifts, six to six, six to six. One of them worked 12 hours, other am work 12 hours. So I'm in El Paso and um, The Lord moved up on me concerning Rock Hudson. I've been praying for him. He said. Take. Your tape series. How to live and not die. And take your tape series. You must speak to the mountain. Fly. From El Paso to LA. Call Tony. Ask her. To meet you. At the airport, and give her these two tape series. Tell her to take them and put them up Rock Hudson's bed. You know what made Rock Hudson a homo, don't you? I mean, queer. I mean, a gay. It's all the same thing, you know. All from hell, so what difference does it make, you know? what you call them. And, the, and so he made... Rock Hudson used to be from a small town, Illinois. There's always a reason why anybody in the middle institution, or anybody that's sick, or anybody that's in trouble. There's always a reason how you got that way. see everybody in the world is supposed to be healthy that knows God everybody in the world knows God is supposed to be wealthy it's already been paid for Jesus died on the cross for your salvation Jesus said I became poor that you might be rich he has words of life for you So Jesus already paid the price for everything, and He says you can have anything. But God made a statement in the Bible, you know, that covers all that stuff. But but the human race don't pay attention to Him, so they just have to live like dogs, or live without, and live and do the only thing you can, and fill the prisons up, and fill the mental institutions up, and fill all the hospitals up, and just live so degrading, and at the eyes of God, they don't supposed to be that way supposed to be healthy, strong, and wealthy. That's what Jesus paid a price for you. You might have life and have it more abundantly. Being broke and sick and beaten down is not life more abundantly. That's the life for stupid people. And ignorant people that don't know nothing. And God can't help you if you don't learn. As long as you stay dumb. Or ignorant, God says he you see, being ignorant is a choice. Being healthy is a choice. Being wealthy is a choice. Having peace in your life is a choice. Having the joy of the Lord in your life is a choice. You can get up in the morning and knowing from your bed, you walk into your living room, whatever you want to do, you know. The joy of the Lord is my strength. <laughs> Uh, 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 uh. joy uh, the Lord is my strength now when you first get up when you first get up you don't feel that way you stumble into the living room you know but it doesn't make a difference how you feel when you, you first wake up you have to make yourself make yourself sing make yourself lift your hands and worship God your body don't never want to pray It wants to watch guns smoke and and eat potato chips and drink Cokes. Your body don't want to pray. You have to make your body obey you. Your body is nuts. Your flesh is crazy. Crazy as a bat. If you obey your flesh, you'll be as confused as a bat. You'll be flying like this all the time. Not know where you're going. And it's the most simple thing in the world for people to be healthy and be wealthy and have full of joy and full of peace. It's the most simple thing in the world. But, and you can scream it at people, teach them and be nice to them or be mean to them. And they still believe what they want to do then. Well, well. God said, all the things in my word is my law book. All the promises I've made from Genesis to Revelations. All of them. A little over 3,000 of them. God says, They're all available to be yours. All of these are possible for you to have for those that believeth. And, all of them, and God says, You can have them. If you do one thing, just one thing, God says, don't forget to thank me for everything. All the things that God provided for you uh, that you don't have, the only reason you don't have it is because you didn't obey God. He said, forget not to thank me for everything. And those things that you forgot to thank God for, you don't have them. He said, well, what what, what does he want to do there for? Well, this is the way it is. God said, my word is truth what is truth God said my word is truth and if you know the truth now the truth won't set you free because sometimes you don't want you don't want to hear the truth God said if you know the truth the truth will make you free what is truth God said my word is truth nothing but the truth so help me God So, Pick out what you want And remind God God said you have to remind him He don't work automatically for nobody There's one thing that God will let you do though He'll let you Die Years before your time And he won't do anything about it He will not come in your hospital room and heal you he won't come. You could have a thousand Christians there. He won't come. You have to show him you believe him. If you believe him, he'll come. If you don't believe him, he's not coming. I can tell you right now, he's not coming. Because you work through faith. And he said, remind me of where I promised you health. If that's what you want. God said, remind me of the scripture where I promised you health. Remind me. Remind me you want some money? Remind me where I promised you wealth. Remind me of the chapter and verse where I promised it to you. And it's all in there. All of it. But if you don't even know where it's at, how can you remind Him? And He demands that you remind Him where it's at, because that way you can put him to a test. You said you said it God and the Bible says that you cannot lie. So if you cannot lie you promised me this right here and I tell you I believe it and I'm going to worship you every day and I'm going to thank you for it and it's mine. Well if you do that it will come to you. Because especially where money is concerned or health or anything else you promised you. But you have to take caution with money. Uh, God can't afford to, to bless a lot of people with money, of course they don't believe it either, because uh, most people cannot stand to have money and live a Christian life or be on fire for God you can. I've been an employer for over fifty years. I used to have fourteen secretaries. I had a lot of different businesses. I've never had an employee, not one, in over fifty years, could stand to have money. and stay normal. The more money a human being gets, uh, most of the time, cause them to grow cold and indifferent towards God. They don't mean to, it's just the lust of it causes them to do it. And you basically love God afar off. But if you live in a home, a nice home, and you've got four Cadillacs like I had, and you make five, six thousand dollars a week like I did, and you get voted to the executive board, that's as high as you can go, and you make more money than the governor, and the Lord comes and rides in your car for an hour Aaron a Hour and a half. I cried for an hour and a half. I couldn't believe that she would come and ride in my car for an hour and a half. If he ever does, you'll be just as crazy as I am. You might say, Brother Norville, I ain't never met nobody like you before. I ain't never met nobody as crazy as you are. I said, oh, well, I don't doubt that. If Jesus rides in your car for an hour and a half, you'll be just as crazy as I am. I sold out to him when I was I tried my best to sell out to him when I was 33 years old, when he came. But I didn't know anything about him, because I was raised as a Baptist. What in the world do I know about I never heard about speaking in tongues. I never heard about casting out devils. I never heard about most things in the ministry of Jesus. I never heard about it. I never heard about the gifts of the Spirit. I could have them all if I wanted them. I didn't, I didn't know those things. I knew about salvation and living your life right. That's what the Baptists taught. Salvation and living your life clean so all you know all you know about God is what they know when you go to church that's all you know It's because you go to the church and you feel good and have nice organ music and nice choir and stuff like that you know a beautiful building I don't mean to get any sense spiritual sense that is Is there anybody there that can make a devil leave somebody? Is there anybody there that can take a deformed child and have it become normal? Is anybody there that can speak your crooked legs to be made straight? Is there anybody there that knows how to pray to get a hold of God? Well, I mean, you know, just, just a really... Benny, Benny Hinn and Rod Parsley, I spoke, spoke for both of them for years. And in their conventions and... The churches and still speak for Rod. Many don't have a church now. Well, he's in Orlando I did. But they've both been trying to get me to go on TV for years. I said, Brother Nova, why don't you go on T V and just sit behind your desk? You don't even need but one camera. That's all you need is one camera. I said because your ministry is a teaching ministry. Why don't you go just and sit here in your office and sit behind your desk? have one camera just fixed on you and you sit right there in that chair open up your Bible and teach people how to be healed. You would never have to go through with what we went through with. Trying to get enough money to pay your TV bill. Rod said, Norval if you go on TV and sit behind your desk and teach how people can be healed. Offer your tape series, How Live or Not Die for sale, offer your book, and offer your video, just those three items in the same name. He said, you'd take in more than enough money to pay your TV bill the first month. The reason he would is because Rod Parsley, Benny, and said, Norval, there's a sick world out there. All the hospitals are full, all the mental institutions are full, all the penitentiaries are full. Is a total, total sick world. And they want to hear what you know. Because I trained Rod for a week. He didn't even know how to lay hands on people. I said, give me your hands, Rod. Rod, lay hands on these people tonight. He says, I don't know how, Brother Norwell, I don't know how. He's only about 20 years old. I took his hand. Because his mother was dying of the disease and his sister was demon possessed. And he didn't know how to help him. So a fellow used to sing for me on the road. It was a friend of Rod's and he asked him, says, you know anybody I can take my... I love my family. Rod does. He loves his family. He says, I have a sister that's demon possessed. She nearly drove the family crazy for two years. She fights. She does everything. And, um, and my mother dying of the disease, and I don't, I don't know anybody I could take them to for help. Doctors can't help them. Well, he said, Rod, I've traveled with a fellow named Norval Hayes. He said he's raised as Baptist himself. But he's going to have a convention for a week over in Indianapolis at the Indianapolis Convention Center. In one of the ballrooms there, in the, in the meeting rooms. And said, "If you'll take your mother over there and your sister over there and stay all week, and don't don't try to push them off on him, just let him let the Holy Spirit work with him, and just go in and, and go go to every meeting. I spoke morning and night. If if you'll go there and stay all week, I believe that both of them will walk out of that meeting totally normal." He said, "Okay." He said, I've talked about Brother Noble for years. That's just the way it is. And he said, you get the truth in people. People can get totally healed. So I got his mother healed in two days. But his sister was on dope and she was all messed up, you know, and drank whiskey and everything, you know, and she's demon possessed. It took me. I worked with her for four days, the first four days of the meeting, Monday through Thursday. The meeting I think was Monday through Friday, but anyway, I worked with her and she she'd just stand there. I'd say, in Jesus name, you devil, come out of her. In Jesus name, she's standing in line there, they'd bring, her, they'd bring her up there. She'd just stand like this right here, just like a statue, and just stare at me. I'd say, in Jesus name, come out of her. She'd just stare at me, she wouldn't flinch. She'd go back, sat in her seat while I was speaking. She'd get up out of her seat and go outside, open up her pocketbook and take some drugs and drank some whiskey with it. And come back in, sit down, just sit there and stare at me. Four days that went on, morning and night. The last day I was praying about that girl. All of you needs this. Everyone in this building. How to pray effectively. I said. I was praying for her. And the Lord spoke to me. And said. You're not going to ever get her free. By just praying for her. Them demons in her's too strong. He said. If you will take her in your arms. Put your arms around her. Pull her up close to you. Lock your arms around her and hold her. And command those devils to come out of her and tell the devil, In Jesus' name, I break your power over this girl. And I command you to loose her and let her go free. Come out of her. He said, If you'll do that and hold on to her long enough, uh, you can break that power and she can be returned back to normal. So when he introduced me like he did a while ago. I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. They got behind the podium and I said, well, that girl there from Columbus, Ohio, she come up here, Rod's sister, come up here. And so she came up there. They They brought her up there. I just obeyed God. I just reached and got her and put my arms around her, pulled her up close to me. I said in Jesus name you devils I break your power over this girl and I command you come out of her I'm not asking you anything I'm telling you what to do all of you devils that possessed this girl for two years come out of her I said you see, how long did you do that two hours and forty five minutes right in front of the congregation It's called faith. It's called believing God what He says. Oh, you can find a lot of ministers that give you a good five minute prayer, ten minute prayer, something like that, you know. But you have to obey God. And sometimes you can get help like that. When anointing comes, you can get help for somebody sometimes in five seconds, ten seconds. But there's no anointing there you've been praying for her for four days and she stands and stares at you and then after two hours and forty five minutes went by uh, she, she uh, God began to shake her just like a leaf uh, with the wind blowing so he began to shake her and she, he shook her just like this her whole body well I had a hold of her and, she, and of course when he shook her I would shake too yeah I would shake too shake like this and he kept on And I kept saying, in Jesus' name, come out of her. And she'd shake like this. And she kept on shaking, shaking, kept on shaking. And finally she got to shaking so so strong, I couldn't hold on to her. So I just unlocked my arms from around her and let her go. And God was shaking her like this, and he slid her to the floor. She hit the floor and she started crying. She had a lot of hair and was hair like this and she started crying and she cried and cried and cried. She wept and wept on the floor for probably 15 minutes. Now Rob was her I watched her because he loved his sister but didn't know how to help her. And she's raised up. After about 15 minutes she stopped crying, pushed herself up to a seating position and looked around. She saw Rod stand there and she said, Hi, Rod. And he broke and started crying. He said, Oh, my God, my sister is back. That's the first time I've heard her normal voice in two years. She said, They're all gone. Nothing has me bound no more. I am totally free. They called his daddy. He drove from Columbus, Ohio to Indianapolis, Indiana. Walked in the auditorium and saw his daughter normal. Her standing like this, you know. He couldn't stand it. He turned her loose and walked all the way to the front of the auditorium. Put his face against the wall and down on his knees. And begin to thank God, thank God, and praise God, and thank Him for what He'd done for His daughter. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, folks. Being in the ministry is hard work. Hard work. Doc, medical doctors say that when you, if you're in the ministry, public speaker, so forth, you in the ministry preaching or teaching. He says. One hour is equivalent to eight hours work of hard labor on your body. So if I had known how to pray effectively and know what faith was, Rod Parsons' sister would be dead now. She'd been dead a long time ago. How to pray effectively? You need to know how to pray effectively or something but because if you pray and God don't hear you and he don't do anything about it that's the first class sign that you're not praying effectively you need to learn how to pray effectively you don't pray the same way for everything you have faith the same way God said those forget not to thank me for everything anybody in this building that's sick right now ten years ago if you would have started saying with your mouth, and you is probably, probably a Christian, I want to thank you, Lord, because I accept Jesus as my healer. I'm born again, but I accept Jesus as my divine healer. I want to thank you, Lord, for good health. Thank you, Jesus, for good health. Thank you, Lord, for good health every day. For ten years, the last ten years. You wouldn't be sick tonight because when God hears you when you're born again the Bible says the eyes of God never departs from you when you're born again the moment you're born again and the Lord writes your name in heaven in the book of life you become a citizen of heaven now God's directly over you you're one of his children but you're living on this crazy earth again Uh, this earth is nice and beautiful. Uh, You know, if the devil wasn't here, God made the earth pretty. But the way we have to live here, that's not what God intended. But, you know, women like apples. John Osteen used to tell stories on his wife. He had like 20,000 members down in Houston, Texas. I spoke for him for 25 years. He used to tell stories on his wife about her going shopping, her going to this. And when want to go to a store and want to do this. One day she gets up and she says, Oh, she said, Oh, but John, where would you men be without us women? He said, In the garden. And then all all the women, about 20,000 people, all the women goes, boo, boo. Well, Adam shouldn't have been stupid enough to follow his wife and she disobeyed God. You have to be stronger than that, you know. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So Tony took this and she met me. And I said, Tony, does Rock Hudson have a, does he have a tape recorder where you can put a little tape in and play it by his bed? She said, no, he don't have one. I said, well, I bought a Panasonic for the day for $35 at, at, uh, at Kmart, and it's got a good sound to it. And I said, I carry one with me in my, in my suitcase on the road. And I said, here's your $50, Tony. Stop at a Kmart on the way back home and buy him one of those Panasonic tape recorders and take it to his room and plug it in and put these speak to the mountains put it down put this one on top Let rock look at that he's facing death how to live and not die and so I wondered you know how he got like that well I went to Rock's hometown he was raised in Illinois as a kid and he was a he was a Catholic altar boy he, 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 lived in a, in a, he lived in the most unique city. You probably don't even know this it's in America. But, but it is, though. I've been there. He lives in a city, a small town in Illinois, that all the squirrels in Illinois are white, solid white, and got pink eyes. All of them. All the squirrels and the trees in that town, white as snow, and they got pink eyes. Now the town next to them, you know, they're all gray. That's the only town I know of in America that has white squirrels and pink eyes. Rock was raised in that town. And he looked like a movie star. Rock did, even when he was a little boy. He was so handsome. And so he went to the Catholic Church one day. To do some work with it, with a with priest. And uh, he's he eight, by the, I think he was eight years old. And the priest raped him. Well, that'll do it, but you don't know anything about it. eight years old because you don't know nothing about sex and stuff like that. But when Rock got to be, you know, 13, 14, 15, started looking at, supposed to be looking at girls and stuff, and it didn't have no effect on him. A sweet girl or a pretty girl, he didn't have no effect on him. Nothing, nothing, nothing. But he liked to look at boys. he didn't know he was a homosexual that priest when he raped him his spirit went into rock when he was a little boy that's why he became a homosexual when he was in his early twenties him and James Dean and Elizabeth Taylor made a real good movie, big, big movie it was a big time movie made a lot of money the name of the movie was Giant remember that? While we were making that movie, Elizabeth said, "Her and Rock went to dinner one night together." She said, "I really liked him." And we were sitting there eating dinner. I never dreamed of such a thing. And he spoke up. He said, "Elizabeth, he said I'm going to have to tell you the truth about me." She said, "What, Rock?" He said, "I'm gay." Oh, she said, oh, "God." <laughs> She said, "What a waste! What a waste!" So Tony went in and took these two tape series and put them beside of his bed. Now, when he goes home, he's eight years old. He told his mother about the Catholic priest raping him. She said, "Don't you ever go back to that church again. Anybody else else's church don't ever have, have anything to do with God." And we believed in God and everything and if, if his representatives treats my son that way, I don't wish to have nothing to do with him. She got so mad because a priest raped him. Well, I don't blame him. She ought to put him in jail. So he didn't go to church. He got to be grown though, he was good looking. And Hollywood wound him. And they got him. He became a famous movie star. He made a lot of movies, lots of them. People liked him all over the country, you know. Thousands of women, I'm sure, were disappointed when they found out he was gay, you know. They didn't know it for a long time. He was in his thirties, I guess, at least his thirties, or no, he's probably in his early forties. Before the American public never found out he was gay. He got married one time but it didn't last but a few days. But he only did that, you know, I guess try to on her front or something. She said, I went in Novel and I put you, your tape series like this outside of his bed. And he said, What's that? So this is a this is a gift that a friend of mine sent you, Rock. And he bought you a tape recorder. And he sent you two tape series. He said, I don't believe in that kind of stuff. He looked at it and he says, I don't believe in that kind of stuff. She said, well, he's known you and watching movies a lot in his life and he, he, he wanted to send these to you. Send them to you anyway. And he said, well, okay. And so she put them down there and then one day she left them there for two, three or four days. and One day she was there and that blonde-headed guy he had been living with for years in his mansion. Rock had a big mansion, and he came upstairs one day. He had been upstairs in about ten days. Came upstairs one day in Rock's bedroom, and he walked over. And he was another homo. He says, "What's that? What is that stuff?" She says, "Well, a friend of mine sent this." You have to, Rock. He says, "Well, he don't need that stuff." She says, "He says." Got said, I'm going to take that stuff and put it in a garbage can. Tony said, oh, no, you're not either. And she got it back. She says, I'll, I'll, I'll put it up in my pocketbook. Plus she carried a big pocketbook, you know. She put the tissues in my pocketbook. And she said, he hardly ever come up to her upstairs. He didn't come up to her once a week. She said, I'd go to work. When I'd go to work, I'd put him out by his bed. When I'd leave, I'd take him up, put him back in my pocketbook. And she said, one day I was, one morning, I was in the, the other room from his bedroom. And she said, all of a sudden, Brother Noble, I heard your voice. And she said, I walked back to the door into his bedroom. And she said, he'd taken, she said, a Rock had taken, He had the tape recorder already plugged in with his bed. He took the first tape out, like this. He took the first tape out, number one, and put it in the tape recorder. Now if you buy this, be sure you listen to that number one tape first. See what you think about it. And he started playing it. She said, and I watched him, and he was so interested in that. he said, he's listening to you. He's like this. Well, he'd never heard anything like that before. She just kept listening. She said, one side run out, had to change it over. And he said, I I walked in. I said, Mr. Hudson, now, I'm I'm, I'm an RN. I know about medical science. Now, you know already, there's nothing about medical science that can help you there's only one way for you to ever be healed or ever get anything any kind of help he said how is that he said if you belong to God almighty that made the world and made all human beings if you belong to him he would help you if you ask him to she said he sat there and thought for two or three minutes and he said well you know Tony I guess it's about time in my life that I started thinking about things like that she said yeah Mr. Hudson it is she said Mr. Hudson do you mind if I just pray a little prayer for you and ask God to help you he didn't answer me real quick he he waited a while and he said well I guess it would be okay Tony if you want to do it she said I started praying for him ask God to help him ask God to receive him And praying like, I know you receive him, Lord, and forgive him of anything he's done. If he only asks you to, you have not eternal life because you don't ask for it. You have not health because you don't ask for it. You have not wealth because you don't ask for it. She said. Mr. Hudson, it's so plain. She said, with your mouth, just say, Jesus, I love you. I believe that you made me. And I ask you to forgive me for anything I've ever done or anything I've ever said that's against your will. Please forgive me. I stopped her and I said, Now, Tony, did you hear him ask the Lord to come into his heart? She said, I did. I did. So, me and Pat Boone had been friends for years because he's from Tennessee. His wife is from Tennessee, too. She's Pat Boone's father and mother was good friends of mine. I've been to their house and eat with them and everything, you know, and Shirley Boone was Red Foley's um, daughter, Pat's wife. They met in high school in Nashville and got married. Because at that time, Shirley's daddy, Red Foley, he was the most popular. He had the name of having the best voice in country music. He's the one who made that, famous, that song famous There's Peace in the Valley. Nobody could sing it like Red Foley. Peace in the Valley. And he had a lot of other hits, lots of hits. And so, when I became Pat's friend, he wanted me to come to his mansion and spend days when I go to LA and, and live with them. So I'd go. So Debbie and me became friends. He had five daughters. He has a whole bunch of daughters. No sons, just daughters. So Debbie and me became a good friend because she got saved and gave her life to the Lord. And Debbie was a good singer. So she'd help me in meetings and stuff, you know. I invited her to Hawaii one time. We had some big meetings together. and different places, I invited her to John Osteen's church. She packed the place out. And we just had meetings together. When I started my own, my brother's home. And I had to have a hundred thousand dollars. My maternity home that I got now, this is like 20, 20 some years ago. Uh, Debbie Boone and the girl on, on he Haw, she was real popular at that time. Ellie May, the, the pretty blonde haired girl was on Hee Haw. Her and Debbie went with me. They came and went with me and I, I drove them around. And we'd go to different places and we'd all minister together saying, give testimonies, everything, all three of us. And we raised money to buy that maternity home for unbred mothers. And so when we got off the road, I sent Debbie a $5,000 check and uh, for going with me and helping me. And when she got it, she sent me the $5,000 check back then sent me one of her own checks for $5,000. She said, Brother Noble, it was an honor for me to go help you do that. So you, you just take this check back and I want to give you another check for $5,000 to go towards that unwed mother's home ministry. And so, but I had a good time with those two girls for several days. We went, we wound we, we up the trip in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I had a and and book Debbie in and the, and the uh, maybe Center at Oral Roberts University. She packed that thing totally out. Because she made that one record, you know. That's the only big hit she ever had. What's the name of that thing? Yeah, you light up my life. she the number one in the nation for 18 weeks. But people would come to hear her sing it, though. So And she'd sing other other songs also. So, I was up in in Gatlinburg holding my convention. I'll be there this coming uh, Thanksgiving week. In fact Rodney's going to be there and speak for me about two or three nights. And uh, I got a phone call. Emergency phone call. I went outside and Shirley was on the phone. Shirley Boone. She said, Mother Norville, she said, Pat and me has known Rock Hudson for years. And she said, we're good friends of his. I said, we go visit him and pray for him sometimes. But she said, he, he, he's been listening to your tapes. And we, we got permission for you. He would give permission for you to come and pray for him. She said, when are you leaving there? I said, well, I can leave and we'll fly I can leave in about the um, day after tomorrow. I can leave and fly out there. He said, we'll pick you up at the airport and he stay with us. Pick you up at the airport and we'll take you to Rock's Mansion. Because we go there all the time anyway to see him. And then Pat's been in movies together for years. We've known him for years. I said, okay, I can leave here sometime t- tomorrow, day after tomorrow, and fly out. When you pick me up, surely we'll just go straight to his mansion when you pick me up if we want to before we ever go to your house. Yeah, she said, that's fine. <clears throat> the next day, I got another emergency phone call. Went outside to the telephone said, hello. She said, "That's normal." there's no use in you coming tomorrow. Rock died this morning about 9.30 I said well I know he had AIDS real bad but I said it's just the way it goes but thank God he was saved yeah he got saved that, that one tape, that first taped her about two weeks after Rock died, I, I usually pick up USA Today paper, and uh, then I opened up the purple little thing that tells about movie stars and stuff, you know. I, up, I was looking through it, and there it was, about half of the page. Top of the page, like this, was a picture of Rock's mansion, beautiful mansion. In his picture, big letters over here across the page. Rock Hudson's last words was Don't worry about me. I have made my peace with God. So I said, well, if one tape could reach a man of his stature and his intelligence and be a popular movie story, I was, I'm going to listen to that tape over again. So that first tape, I got it and put it back in a tape recorder and started listening to, to it again. So I started listening to my own tape. And I got excited. I got so excited that I want to go out and get somebody saved again. Praise God forevermore. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord forever. How to live and not die. That will really help you. With people that's dying. Has no hope to live. Now this is some of the material. That will help you. (coughs) Learn what to. And you'll learn more tonight too. I'm glad you came tonight. Don't leave until it's over. Because you need to hear it. It's probably something different that you never heard in your life. How to make the devil leave you alone. See that? See that tape series? How to make the devil leave you alone. (laughs) Pitchfork and all. Whoever put that on there. Don't let the devil steal your ministry. Everybody in this building has a good ministry. Good, solid ministry. But most of you probably don't know what it is. Don't let the devil steal it away from you. But you have a ministry. This one is, can a Christian have a demon? All depends on how bad you want one. I give you power and authority over all demons. No devil has power over you. Diseases don't have power over you. You just accept them because you don't know any better. When your disease first started, I don't care what it was. When your disease first started, Jesus said, No, you don't. You can't put that on me. I want to accept it. The loud, strong voice with authority. No, you can't, Satan. You can't put that on me because I won't accept it. And I command these symptoms to leave me. Go from me, I said in Jesus' name. I command you, come out, go out of my body. And you do it every day. Every day. Every day, don't go, get louder. Louder and Louder. Benny Hinn tells, people, he'll tell people, he says, I think I've been his oldest friend in America because Benny got saved in a home meeting. He, him and his folks used to live in Canada. And they moved there from over in Jerusalem and Jordan, where he was raised. And the, he got saved in a home meeting when he was 19. Well, I was up speaking at the Full Gospel Men's Convention in Browns, Brownsburg, Canada. Brennan, uh, and he he came. Uh, they brought him here in the afternoon session. That particular day, I was teaching in the afternoon session, and he saw me with, with devils and stuff, you know. And he said, he said, I wonder, I wonder what he's talking real loud for. I wonder what he's screaming. What why is he screaming at the devil? Says somebody says, Brother Noble, why do you scream at the devil? I said because the devil is hard of hearing. He don't want to leave. You have to make him leave. You have to scream at him and make him afraid of him. Voice of authority makes him afraid of him. you. You say in Jesus' name, right then the devil goes, ah, oh. <laughs> then you give the devil order under Jesus' name, and he, 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 he has to obey you. He has no choice. That's the reason Jesus said, Whosoever shall say on this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. And see, mountains, any mountain you're climbing now, if it's financial, physical, or mentally, whatever it is, something wrong. uh, God don't create mountains. The devil creates mountains for you to climb. God said, if you'll come to me, cast your cares over on me. I'll make all your high mountains, I'll make all your mountains to become low, I'll make all your crooked places straight, I'll make every day of your life, and all the rough spots in your life, I'll smooth them out for you, make them smooth and full of peace, all of them, all of them, glory to God forevermore. I give you power and authority over all demons, you have power and authority over all devils, all diseases, anything that comes to harm you, you have authority to make it leave your house, leave your body, leave your mind, because your body and your mind and nothing you own has any part of the devil, on. not nothing what you have, nothing, he don't even have no right to be on your property. If you pay rent in the house, you don't have no right in your house, throw him out of your house. Get out! Don't accept that. The reason I want you to hear this one tonight, i speak this to you and this one because in, in my message you'll see where I had to, I, I learned before to be led by the Spirit of God. It caused a great thing to happen. How to be led by the Holy Spirit. This is a tape series. How to be led by the Holy Spirit. God says those who are led by the Holy Spirit are the sons of God. All right, you can take all of them now, Greg. So I've got two scriptures that God used one of them. No, he used both of them. in what you're gonna to hear tonight? But I want you to hear the scriptures first. So you'll understand. All right. In the book of Matthew. Everybody say Matthew. Matthew. Okay. You'll need that in a little while. Because the Lord Lord, will remind me of the book of Matthew. All right. The book of Matthew. Chapter 8. Of the book of Matthew. Starting. With the sixteenth verse when the evening was come they brought to Jesus, they brought to him many everybody say many that were possessed with devils now you see that? you see what that says? they brought many to Jesus That were possessed with devils. And he, Jesus, and Jesus cast out the spirits with his word. That's the way you make devils leave you. With your word. With your word. But if you don't know what to say and don't know how to say it, then you can't make the devil obey you. You have to speak with authority the disciples didn't know it either so don't be a backward or ashamed none of the twelve disciples knew how to do it until Jesus taught them Jesus taught them what to do they couldn't make the devil obey but Jesus showed them took them up in the mountain laid hands on all of them now then go preach and go teach and cast out all devils and cure all diseases and preach the kingdom of God So they all went out and started teaching and preaching. They brought many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Everybody say, all. All. Well, if you're sick, that includes you. All that were sick. Now then, the Lord taught me something, and I'll share it with you tonight. And from Romans, I knew what Romans chapter 8, turn to the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we, everybody say we, everybody say we means me, likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit, the Holy Spirit inside of you, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered and he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints and by the saints means me the Holy Spirit maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God you might say but the noble Do you know the will of God for me? Are you kidding? I know the will of God for you and everybody else in the world. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. Uh What's the will of God for me, Brother Noble? Victory. Victory. Nowhere in the Bible will you find that God honors defeat. Not God's will for you to be defeated in anything. Anything comes from heaven. Jesus paid the price that so you might have victory. You might have life and have it more abundantly. <clears throat> One day I got the strangest phone call. Of course I'd learned about the Holy Ghost being inside of me and being baptized in the Holy Spirit and ministering to from place to place. And, but I got the strangest phone call my phone ran I said hello and this woman she says <clears throat> made a strangest statement to me she says she said Brother Norval, I'm speak to Norville Hayes please I said this is he she said Brother Norval, she said you've been elected I said oh really I didn't know I was running for anything she said well you have you've been elected I said, elected to do what? She said, well, my name is so-and-so, and and we live up here in Indiana, in kind of a small town. And she said, I'm the head of it, but me and 35 women got together about three years ago, and we meet once a month, and we pray. Every so often, we meet, we pray. We've been real faithful about it. And they come along in our town, they built a nice holiday in a ballroom, a nice holiday in motel and they have a real nice sized ballroom in, in the hotel. And she said, now we have a nice place to put on Bible teaching seminars. And the last meeting we had, they discussed it, said, now that we have a nice place to put on a seminar, let's start inviting every three or four months, let's invite a teacher to come up and stay three days, Thursday, Friday and Saturday and hold a Bible teaching seminar. We've been praying together. We pray for the United States President. We pray for the Vice President. We pray for our Governor, our Senator. We pray for high school principals. We pray for the Chief of Police. We pray for school principals. We pray for different things. We pray for each other. We pray for men of God. We pray for them. She said, we've been praying together. We have a long, pretty long prayer meeting. She said, we've been praying together for like three years. And we'd really like to invite some of the teachers. And she said, somebody spoke up and says, well, let's invite Brother Brother Hagen.' Well, let's invite John Osteen. And let's let's invite somebody else. She said, no, no, that's not going to work. She said, let's let's get a system here that works. She said, I'll tell you what, what we'll do. This is out right with all of you. I'm going to cut out right here, real quick, like I'm going to cut out, 35 little pieces of paper. And I'm going to hand each one of you a piece of paper. And I want you to write the name of the Bible teacher that you want to come and hold the first seminar for us. Now, whoever, whatever name, whatever pieces of paper has the, his name is the most in there, I'll call him first and see if he can come. Give us a date. If he can't come... Then I'll take the next one that has the second most names on a piece of paper. If he can't come, I'll call the third one, or I'll call the fourth one. Does that suit everybody? They said, oh, yeah, that sounds real fire. Yeah, that, that's good. That's good. So she said, I did. Pass the papers around. Put all the names in the hat, like this, you know. Then we put them all out, and we count them just like this. You know and she said your name was on more pieces of paper than anybody else's was she said so you won the election and I said well praise the Lord what does that mean she says that means that you're invited to come I think it was Logansville Indiana uh, to the Holiday Inn and hold a teaching seminar for us on Thursday Friday and Saturday do you have a, a week that you could do that? Now, when she's talking to me, I don't know who this woman is. More am a house cat. I don't know who she is. She may be flaky for all I know. But, but remember that tape series I told you that you should try to get how to be led with the Spirit? My, when, while she was talking to me, my, the Holy Spirit inside of me, my belly began to feel real good. Yeah. My, my, my belly began to feel real it's, Feels so good, and smooth. I said, Oh my God. And, and, and I thought, I believe the Lord wants me to go through and speak for this wild woman. I don't even know who she is. I mean, I don't I don't book meetings unless I know who they are. I mean I mean. Well, you know. So I said, Well, uh, I said, she says, well, can you can you come to the novel?' I said, Oh well, why why not? I might as well. Anybody as wild as y'all are, meet meet for three years together and pray. I said somebody ought to come and help you. <laughs> she said, Oh, they'll be oh they'll be so happy. They'll be so happy. What they knew you coming? I, I told her. She said, Oh, they'll be so happy. Oh, praise God forevermore. And she said, All right. She said, Well, take care of you now. I said, That's 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 up, up to you. And she said, oh, well, we'll teach you real good, Brother Norval. And I said, okay, it's fine. And so I went. Started speaking, I believe it was, on Thursday morning, I believe. Thursday morning, Thursday night. But they had me speaking for morning and night both. Thursday through, through Saturday. <clears throat> and so, but I spoke. Um, I think it was Thursday morning. Then I spoke again Thursday night. I noticed when I spoke over here on the right hand side, there's a real nice looking fellow there, dressed real sharp. And he just sat there and listened to me teach, you know. And so um, after he heard me once, I believe it was, then he came back and, and every time I spoke to her, he was sitting there. But the, the second service, I believe it was, at the end of the service, he came up to me and he said, uh, Brother Norwell, he said, you don't know me, but I, my man, I'm, I'm pastor so and so. I have the largest church in town. Then he said, "I was praying, and God told me to invite uh, invite you to come to my church and speak this coming Sunday, Sunday morning and Sunday night." He said, "Do you have anything booked for this coming Sunday morning or Sunday night?" I said, "No." He said, "Where are you going from here?" I said, "Well, I was going to go back home to Tennessee." He said, well, he said, God wants you to come to my church and speak Sunday morning and Sunday night. Well, can you do that? I said, well, I'm not going to work it out. But he said, I want to tell you, Brother Noble." he said, um, I have a problem with you. Well, join the club. <laughs> he said, he said, I said, what, what kind of problem you have with me? He said, well, I've been teaching my people, and I have the largest church in town. He I've been teaching my people uh, that is, that, uh, against people that's falling out. And he said, I notice when you pray for people, a lot of them fall out. I said, well, I can't help because they fall out. I don't care, hammer around with me and pick them in the head. He said, "But I've been teaching my people that, that, that that's not real, falling out." I said, "What well, is real in the Bible? What'd you teach them that for?" And Jesus make doubles, leave people or pray for them. Sometimes they'd fall out like they were dead. People around them say, "Oh, they're dead." Jesus said, "No, they're not dead. He'd be and get them, raise them up, and be totally free." And I said, "What did you teach them that was wrong for when it's scriptural?" He said, I don't know. I just started teaching them that it wasn't right. I said, well, for you to teach them it wasn't right, that, that's not right either. He said, well, I know one thing. I know God wants you to come to my church and speak Sunday morning and Sunday night. And he made it real plain to me. He said, but I, I just want you to know that I don't believe i falling out. And I said, well, it's up to you. We can think about it and pray, we can pray about it. It's whatever. And he said, okay. And so the next service he was there again. After every service he'd come up and say, Brother Noble, now God wants you to come to my church Sunday morning and Sunday night. But now remember, I don't believe i falling out. Pastor, I can't guarantee you that nobody will fall out. I said, I don't knock them in the head. And I said, fall out. Let them fall. Who cares? So lot of them fell out when Jesus prayed for them. And uh, he said, well, he said, but, but I, I've been preaching against you. And I said, well, you shouldn't do things like that. He said, well, I don't know. I said, I, that's what I've been doing. I just want you to know that I don't, I don't believe in it. I said, well, no. he'd come, every service he'd be sitting there. Yeah, he'd be sitting there. <clears throat> so I taught twice a day. I got to the last service on Saturday night. <clears throat> so notice Saturday night, some woman back in the congregation, she looked funny. She she's like like she's trying to hide from me she is down like this way down like this I can just see her eyes on the top of the back of the chair Yeah, I don't even know what she looked like see her eyes and so last night I had a healing line I've been praying for people for different things so I got through praying for all the sick people that was there. And there was a good crowd come out in that town. And uh, they, they, a lot of people come during the day. And so, I laid hands on all the sick people, you know, and prayed for them the last night. And I came back up here like this. I came back up here like this to thank the people for coming to the meeting for being so good to me and so forth, you know and I got up here like this and I started started thinking of you I started, started to think of me and the Holy Ghost jumped in my belly jumped in my belly and I went uh oh and the Lord said to me there is a demon possessed woman in the congregation what are you going to do about it? <laughs> you know Jesus expects every minister in the world to do, to do to do the same thing he did to people like that. Unless you get involved in false doctrine won't do it. And if you're involved in doctrines that Jesus don't do, you're involved in false doctrines. No pastor in the world is the is the great shepherd over, over your church and over here. He's the under-shepherd, your pastor is the under-shepherd. I don't care who he is. Jesus is the great shepherd over the church. And every pastor in the world, I don't care what kind of denomination, what they teach don't mean nothing. God has a Bible. And he means for every one of his shepherds to teach the Bible. This is God's doctrine right here and nothing else. And I started my Bible college. He wouldn't leave me alone for two years. And when he started, he said, I want, you, I want you to start a Bible college for me. son." 28 years ago, I started. He said, I want you to start a Bible college for me. And I want you to teach every lesson from my word. And no textbooks. So that's what it's been for 28 years. Been teaching His Word. We've been teaching His Word, and and so the Lord said to me there's a demon possessed woman in the congregation what are you going to do about it? I said well truthfully Lord I hadn't made any plans to do anything about it now listen closely he said the book of Matthew will do something about it (laughs) hey folks God don't go with anything except the Bible. Are you kidding me? If you don't present what God says to a person who needs help, he thinks you're flaky. No, I shouldn't have said that. He don't think you're flaky. He knows you are. <laughs> what is wrong with you? You before you get up behind this desk, you, you need to know some things that Jesus did. Practice your ministry after Him. What He did, you do. What Jesus said, what I do, you do. Jesus said, what I do, you do. He said that all Catholic priests, all Presbyterian churches, all Baptist churches, all Pentecostal churches—all these names that you see on different churches—God don't have anything to do with that. No way. God has a Bible. That's all God has a Bible. As men created them, of course God works through them. But if men lose it, he can't work very much. So, but God loves human beings so much, he just works when he can. If you let him work, he'll work. If you don't present him and don't let him work much, he won't work much. If you'll get behind the desk and call him healer, we're going to have a healing service. Bless God, bring the sick people. Well, and you preach to them that Jesus is a healer, he'll heal them. Right in, right in front of you bless God forever well just like you'll do tonight do you, do you think Mother noble that Jesus will heal people in this church tonight where I can watch it no I don't think nothing I know he will but you have to know that that he is truth and nothing but the truth he said well the book of Matthew would do something about it you haven't made no plans to do anything about it but the book of Matthew I guess I use Matthew because it's the first book in the New Testament the book of Matthew would do something about it and of course you know that don't you know that because I just read it to you the book of Matthew did I not read it to you Matthew 8:16 When the evening was come they brought to Jesus unto him many that were possessed with devils and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick you took a whole gang of people many people that was possessed with devils to the average church in your town in Tampa Florida Uh, do you think the pastor would cast all the devils out and heal uh, uh, everybody that was sick well he would if he knew how some of them knows how some of them don't pray for the ones that don't pray for the ones that don't but don't go there why but because you're not going to learn anything there. God don't care what you say. He don't pay attention to what you say. He only believes what you do. He don't believe nothing you say anyway. He only believes what you do. God believes what you do, not what you say. Words are cheap with no action. You can use Jesus' name to speak with authority and get the job done. And one more time the Lord said to me, uh, "This is a, I started to close the meeting. I'd been there for several days, three days. It's helped held several services. And I, I started to thank the people, you know, for coming. Thank them for being so good to me. And I appreciated the 35 women has been praying for several years. And then how meetings like this could come to pass where the whole city could get blessed if wanted to. But then, before I could start closing, the Holy Ghost jumped in my belly and said, There's a demon-possessed woman in the congregation. What are you going to do about it? The Lord, I haven't made plans to do anything about it. He said, Well, the, the book of Matthew would do something about it. You say you're a Bible believer? Show me. If you, if you won't show God you're a Bible believer, He don't believe nothing you say. You don't believe that part of it for sure. The book of Matthew. When the evening was come, they brought unto Jesus many that were possessed with devils, and He cast out the spirits with His word and healed all that were sick. That's the kind of God that made you. That's the kind of God that loves you. You ought to trust Him with everything you got. He'll do the same thing for you. His name can cause all devils to leave you if you have any. If you have diseases, His name, because He's a healer, can heal His spirit, can heal any disease in the world. Any person in the world, I'm going to do what kind of bad shape are in. And I said, "Okay, Lord, all right. I know, I know that's the truth, Jesus. Jesus, I know that's the truth. that The Book of Matthew would do something about it." And I said, "So am I going to do something about it? I'm going to do the same thing about it that you would do." He said, "Show me." show me. I said, All right. So I told the congregation, excuse me, I'll be back in a little while. I hope. (laughs) And the lady said was sitting as a walk over here about Oh, three or four or five rows back. So she was watching me like this. She'd been watching me all the time I was speaking. So I walked back like this. And I got about as far as from here to that lady there in the third row back. I pointed my finger to her and I said, In Jesus' name, I command you, come out of her. Hmm. She snarled, she stood up, spread her legs like this, put her hands on her hips like this, and she said, uh, uh, In Lucifer's name, I won't come out! I knew right then I was not in the Baptist Sunday School. If you want to be in the ministry if you don't know what to do in a case like that, you better learn. Jesus would like to teach you. Well, when the devil talks to me like that, I get mad. I don't get mad at people, I don't get mad at God, I get mad at the devil. I said, don't talk to me like that about Jesus. I said, oh, yes, you would. Yes, you would. In Jesus' name. And I, tw- I went and gra- I grabbed her. I let him pray. He'll get the will of God for the saints. He'll stretch the situation out. And he will, not maybe. If you pray long enough, if you let the Spirit pray, he will get the will of God for the saints. Because the Bible says, in Corinthians, uh, anybody that speaks in an unknown tongue Unknown now. No man in the world don't know what you say, no devil don't know what you say, because it's God's language coming out of you, and nobody don't understand it except him. And he said, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh directly to God, and no man understands him. How be it in the Spirit He speaketh mysteries. There is a mystery concerning that. But it don't make no difference. You speak directly to God. That's the reason I read to you. Romans 8.26 For we are... No, no. 8.26 Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us. The Holy Spirit Himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Sometimes you pray the Spirit so long uh, your, 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 your language leaves you, tongues leave you, and you can't even say no more words even in tongues. All you do is groan. All you do is groan. Groan. You just groan. now look here and we know not what we should pray for as we ought but the Spirit the Holy Spirit Himself maketh intercession for us with groanings and God's groanings cannot be spoken in any kind of a word cannot cannot now listen closely But the Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit himself, make an intercession for us with groanings, plural, groanings which cannot be uttered. Again, the Holy Ghost takes you over on the inside and you just lay there and you groan. And you go, oh. A, a groan, a a a, a, groan, a groaning comes out of you, and you just keep on groaning. You just keep on groaning. You can't even say nothing; it cannot be uttered. In tongues, are in English, cannot be uttered. You understand that? You see that? He said, "Well, you better see it." And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth the mind of the spirit. Because he maketh intercession for the saints, the Holy Ghost does, that lives in your belly right now. He maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And the will of God for any human being in the world is victory. Enjoy what Jesus paid for. Life and have it more abundantly. Health by his stripes you were healed. God don't get no glory out of you carrying disease around and suffering, spending all your money for, a lot of your money for medicine, can't even buy no Bibles to give away our tracts. You spend so much money for medicines. Well, you don't have to do that. Just keep on praying in tongues until you, and sometimes you have to pray for days, folks, days. Just keep on, don't just keep on. Ask what you want in English, the proper way to pray. Ask God what you want in English. You understand that? Ask Him in English what you want. You have not because you ask not. Ask God what you want in English, and then you thank Him for it, and then you thank Him for it, then you say, by faith I receive it, and then you begin to pray in tongues. Pray for hours. Pray until you get a note of victory. Well, what is that? Well, it's not a new doctrine, I can tell you that. It's real. A note of victory is when you pray in tongues and groan so much that all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden, it's like a plate turns over in your belly. And then when some symptoms of joy in some form comes out, like all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit inside of you wants to sing a song. He wants to sing a song. Or many times you, you'll be doing that, sometimes you'll even be crying. And, and 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 be groaning or be praying in tongues, like an intercession, or a groanings, and all of a sudden it's like a plate turned over in your belly and you'll just I mean I mean you'll be crying and all of a sudden it's like a, something turns over in your belly and you'll <laughs> you know what that is as you hit pay dirt Your, your praying days is over now you hit pay dirt you've got what you've been praying for you got what you've been praying for so you can stop praying now and enjoy it you may have left you may have to lay on the floor you may have to roll and laugh you know for 30 minutes or an hour sometimes you have to haul you, haul you home in a truck just pick your body up and you laugh all the way at the truck they throw you in the back of a truck or in the back seat of a car take you home and say where do you live <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> but you know them Hoosiers they said they, the Indiana people them Hoosiers they believed every word I said and I said God said for 40 people come up here and get around her and let the spirit pray pray the spirit over her well I can understand why he said that you know because she was we we're talking about mean man alive she let her this out loud Jesus Christ is a GDSOB, Noble A's is a GDSOB uh, and I hate them. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden they come up and started praying and the, so many of them got around her I couldn't even find her no more I could hear her but I couldn't, I couldn't even get to her so they're just all praying like God said and so I just walked back down this way, you know, a few steps here. And over here right was that pastor of the largest church in town. He'd been there every service. And he said, come over here, Brother Noble, and sit by me. So I just sat down there by him. He said, now, the Lord wants you to come and speak in my church in the morning, Brother Noble. And tomorrow night, too. But I want you to understand real clearly, I don't believe in falling out. I want to go mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to go speak yourself you dizzy thing. you well, I'm not agreeing with your version of falling out I don't you believe in it well I've been preaching it and I, I, I can't tell them now that, that I've been preaching wrong uh-uh. I said oh brother I said well I'm gonna, if, I, if I'm going to speak I'm going to speak and you want me to give an invitation? And I said, then I'll give an invitation. Just let God do what He wants to. And she says, he said, says, "Oh, ho, 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 ho. But, but when you pray for them, sometimes they fall out. I said, well, I don't have anything to do with it. I don't knock him in the head. He said, well, but I don't believe. I am to preach to my congregation. I don't believe in falling out. I said, well, I can't help that. And I said... Maybe I, maybe I shouldn't come and speak. He said, oh yeah, no, 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 no. He said, no, God told me he, he wants you to. And, and He's sitting there trying to talk me. I wasn't letting anybody fall out. I said, I don't, I don't have anything to do with that. But he said, well, I'll tell you what. Come speak to my church in the morning, Brother Norwell. I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll always have... Sunday school first, and then church. He said, tomorrow, I'll have church first. And he said, and I'll, I'll turn you loose to speak, and you go ahead and teach them, and then as soon as you get through teach them, don't give an invitation. Don't give an invitation, turn it back to me. And he said, I'll tell them all to go to Sunday school class, at 11, at 11 o'clock, you and me will go have lunch. I said, well, you're the pastor of the church, whatever you say. Whatever you say. And he says, then tomorrow night, you can come back tomorrow night and speak for me, because God wants you to. And he says, then tomorrow night, you can come in, just come you know, come If somebody, if you, if you really, if you really think that somebody needs to come to the altar, I guess it'd be all right. But, oh, brother. So I went and spoke for him the next morning. I turned it back over to him. I didn't give him no invitation. Nobody fell out. He is so happy. Because I didn't give no invitation. Nobody didn't come up. I didn't turn it back to him. And he said, well, I know that all of you want to get in your Sunday school rooms. And I said, all of you go to different classes in Sunday school rooms. And so they got up and he dismissed them. They all went to Sunday school rooms and him and went to have lunch. I went back Sunday night and spoke again. and gave an invitation. About five or six people came up. And I prayed for them. And nobody fell out. Every pastor gets what he preaches. He preaches he don't believe in falling out. So he didn't get any. So I. i uh, was <clears throat> standing here like this. And I started to. Back to him in clothes, and a real nice-looking woman sitting on the front. She comes up and she says, "Brother Hayes." I said, "Yes, ma'am." She said, "Would you pray for me, please?" And I said, "Sure, if you want me to." And I went down. I laid hands on her, and I laid hands on her and prayed for her. She fell out on the floor. When she did, boy, he jumped up from his seat and ran over to the side and look at her. (laughs) Yes, who it was, his wife. (laughs) Boy, I tell you, God knows how to get you delivered from your squarely mind, from your squarely doctrine. You know, I didn't see him no more, I didn't see him no more until uh, about two or three years. I was changing planes in Cincinnati Airport. And, and, and there was one of these, one of these weeks where they had four, five, six planes going leaving the same plane. You know, one over here and one here, you know, one over here, you know. And a lot of people in there. I heard somebody calling my name. And so I was looking around, you know, but I couldn't spot nobody calling my name. I stood up, you know, and there's so many people there. I heard somebody say, Brother Noble, Brother Noble. As I looked in the window up, up here, I saw a guy up there doing like this. You're doing like this. He said, Brother Noble, you remember me? You remember me? He said, over in Indiana, you remember me? I'd like to come and talk to you, but my plane's leaving shortly. I've got to run to catch my plane. But I wanted to tell you, Brother Noble, I believe in falling out. I figured he would after his wife got through with him. <laughs> but I was sitting there on Saturday night talking to him. And all these 40 people back there praying in tongues, you know. I could hear her screaming, Jesus Christ is a GDSOB. And Norval Hayes is a GDSOB. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. see. And so... <clears throat> sitting there talking to him and uh, all of a sudden uh, this is a, a side door here goes into the lobby of the hotel and all of a sudden a strange, a, a real nice looking man but had a strange look on his face he came through that door walked slowly over towards us but he kept looking back there at that bunch of people back there all praying in tongues and he, he, he uh, uh, real, real loud And he he walks over uh, and I saw he was real, he wasn't wasn't satisfied with it. Now let me teach you something if you don't know it. I'd say probably most of you don't know it. But let me teach it to you if you don't know it. Anytime you see somebody is upset with you. (laughs) Act real stupid. No, no, even the law, nobody in the world can't do, any, can't do anything with a stupid person. <laughs> Just act real plain dumb. And he, and he, he's walking over this way, you know. He walked up pretty close to us, kept looking back at them people, though they love me. He said, my name is Mr. So-and-so, I'm the manager of this hotel. He said, well, he says, uh, what's going on back What's going on back there? I said back back where <laughs> he, he said he said uh, he said back 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 there. Uh, where, where where, where back there were? He said, uh, uh, he said, back back there, all those people back there, he said, uh, said, making that funny noise. I said, oh, oh, those people, I said, they speak in different languages. He said, what? I said, different languages. He said, What? He said, they're, uh, they're, they're making a lot of noise, and they're speaking, they're swimming. and I said, shh, hey, sir, sir, I said, I said, shh, I said, shh, I said, they're praying, he goes, what? I said, they're praying. In different languages, he goes, uh, "What?" I said, "They're praying in different languages." He said, "Oh, they are?" I said, "Yeah." You can't bother them. You can't bother them. Shh. He goes, "Oh, oh, 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 oh. Well, uh, well, uh, uh, uh." He said, "Oh, well, okay." alright and he started he started he is all the way up there on the front I guess up there you know and the side door is over here and he started, he'd walk a few steps over here then he'd turn around and he'd look at them back there then he'd look at me and this other fella when he looked look
1: at
0: me I'd go he'd <laughs> go uh, oh. And they're still praying in million other tongues, and, and she's still screaming out, and "Jesus Christ is a GDSOB." <laughs> <laughs> no way is a GDSOB. I hate them both. <laughs> I, I, I hate them both. <laughs> I hate them. I hate them both. You <laughs> No wonder. No wonder she hates us because she's from hell. <laughs> Well, the devil's in was. <laughs> and, and so he walked he walked back on this way towards the side door, went back into the lobby. He'd walk back on this way and he'd turn around again, take a few steps. And he'd look back over to them, you know, and then, and he'd look at us. I'd go, <laughs> I said, Oh, okay. Okay. He walked all the way back up here and he went to the side door. He went through the side door like this. this is a door over here. He went through the side door, and I thought, well, that's, that'll, that'll be it. He goes through the side door, then turns around, pushes the door partly open, and goes. And he looks at us, and I go, Sorry, ah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, okay, okay. Then he closes the door. And and we got rid of him by acting stupid, thank God forever. Thank you, Jesus. Got rid of him. And at that time, I had two people travel with me for quite some time maybe about three years or something a married couple. I'm in Memphis one time. I got Elvis Presley's cousin saved in a youth meeting in Memphis. And in uh, a man in that service, I come out of that service and a man gave me uh, a, a nearly a brand new motor home. A 25 foot motor home. That only had 12,000 miles on it. He said, I want to give it to you, Brother Norville. I don't ever use the thing hardly. And he said, you can get benefit of it. Working for the Lord. He said, I just want to give it to you. And I said, okay. Hey, okay. Yeah, I, I can use it. I, I can use it. So we drove that thing for years. Sometimes I go. I, give it, I gave it to this couple, and uh, Earl and Brenda Edwards. And uh, Brenda should do anything I told her to do. Earl would kind of wonder about it, but she was just sold out. And so I just trained her, and she would listened. So I'm sitting over here with this pastor at the biggest church in town, trying to convince me he don't believe in falling out. And so about an hour, I guess, 30 minutes, an hour after he the manager left with the ballroom, uh, Brenda came in, came over to me and she says, Brother Norval, she said, they just told me here that that the fire department don't allow anybody to be in the ballroom after eleven o'clock at night. And she said, "Oh, um, uh, what do you want us to do? We have to leave here in about five minutes." She said, "What do you want us to do?" I said, "I know what God said." He said, "Have the people to pray in the Spirit," and that's what they're doing. But she said, "We have to leave. What do you want us to do with her?" I said, well, she'll fight you. I said, so now listen, Brenda. I want you to go in your room. I want you to get a sheet. Off of your bed. Bring it back up here and throw the sheet over. And I said, get some people to help you. And so get it under, tie it, tie that two corners together and tie it around her where she can't get out. And then some of you just pick her up and carry her through the lobby. They probably th- they'd probably think you have a mummy, but that's okay. Take her to the back of the motel. Take her to the back of the motel there, behind the motel, up against the motel there in the grass, and just lay her on that sheet, and tell them and, and take take all of them with you, and tell them I said God said pray in the spirit. Just pray in the spirit, now Brenda, listen to me. Pray in the spirit until God comes you understand that? I don't have the answer for everything, but God does. Pray in the Holy Ghost until God comes. I said, as soon as we please Him, He'll come. Sometimes short prayers don't please Him. So He don't come. She said, she starts kind of laughing. She says, <laughs> Really? You want me to do that? I said, Yes, Brenda. Don't I look like I'm telling the truth? I said, Now, Brenda, if you don't want to do it, I can do it. I don't have no shame. I'll go in my room and get a sheet off of my bed and come up here and throw it over her and tie it and I'll tell them to carry it out. I said, But if you can get it done? Oh, well, she said, Oh, no, 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 Brother Noble. You've been working hard. I don't want you to do it. She said, I'll do it. I'll get it done. I said, No, you promise me you'll get it done. She said, I will. I'll get it done. I promise you. Well, But when she promised you something, she'd do it. She went in the room, got a sheet, come out, folded it over her. Of course, she was a tough girl. She'd fly the circle saw herself. She wasn't afraid of nothing herself. Thought it over her, and they tied her up and carried her through the lobby. She took about 40 people with her. They went outside. So I go outside. In a few minutes, I get through talking to the Largest pastor in town. He was still trying to convince me, now. I don't believe in falling out. And I said, Yeah, I, I believe I've got it right now. I believe I've got what you mean you don't believe in falling out. But I told you what happened, so he got cured of that. Me, because his wife fell out. And so I went outside. When you left, I went outside and there's all around her praying. I said, well, I, I, I can stay here and pray. All while. But I said, oh, no, no, please. You're going to speak for that guy in the morning. She said, you go into bed. She said, I'll stay with him. I said, well, you promise to stay with him keep him praying? Keep him praying. Pray, Brenda, until God comes. She said, right, I will. So I went on, and I'd been to bed a few minutes, about half asleep. I hadn't been to bed long, though. Somebody came to my door and went... I said, who is it? He said, Brother Norville, it's Brenda. Can I talk to you just for a second? Crack your door open, i got something to tell you. So I cracked my door open and she says, Brother Noble, please, Throw a robe around you, put some clothes under something. Come up in the lobby. I want you to see something. I said, Brenda, I'm in bed and I'm nearly asleep. She said, I know, but I would never ask you to do this. But she said, I, I just want you to see it. You need to see it. You'll be glad you you come. I said, okay, okay, Brenda, I'll, I'll be up in about f- five minutes. So I slipped some clothes on and went up there. And that girl looked like she would sent from hell. Looked like a devil herself. Was sitting there like this in the lobby. I looked at her and tears streaming in her face. She looked like an angel. She looked up at me and she says, Oh, Brother Norval, thank you so much. Thank you, Brother Norval. Thank you. Thank you for helping me, Brother Norval. Brother Noble, they all left. All of them left. They had me bound for a long time. They all left, all of them. They left. I am totally free. Sweetest lady I talked to you ever seen. Turn into another human being. She said, oh, thank you, Brother Noble, thank you. So I sat down there with her for a minute and I said, tell me, how'd you get like this? Now, I've been dealing with devils for a long time. Devils can't come into you that strong unless God just completely takes His hand off of you. Then they can just take you over. Totally take you over. She said, yeah, that's what they've done to me is totally take me over. I said, well, how did you get like this? What did you do? You had to do something for, for devils to come, to come into you that strong. How did... What did you do? Well, she said, I was just a normal person with a novel, but the um, policeman here and a banker, different people, kept trying to get me to go to church with them. And so I decided to go. She said, they drove me up to the age of the woods And I got out of the car and I looked there back in the woods and I saw a black building. I said, a black building? She said, Yeah. Yeah. A black a black building. She said, It looked scary. Ooh. And she said I went with them, but it was just a funny feeling in there, eerie. We went in and sat down. <clears throat> and she said, They had a bed in front of the podium. A bed. And she said, All of you men that wants to be a high priest of Satan, will take you through one initiation today. All of you women that wants to be a high priestess of Satan. Yes, Satan has three initiations that he puts people through before they can become a high priest or a high priestess and the first initiation you have to go through with you have to drink today one glass of human blood I said did you do that she said, I did, I did that, and she said, they did all kind of some crazy, crazy things. She said, the next week, they said, I had all these important men around me, bankers and all that kind of stuff, you know, policemen and stuff, and she said, they were cooperating He said, now when you become a high priestess of Satan, or a high priest of Satan, like am, this is what you can do. Because Satan will give you supernatural power. The day you go through all three initiations, he will give you supernatural power. Like this. There's a lamp on a table. Another table over here. And the man said, he'll give you supernatural power like this. The lamp, I say unto you, with the authority of Satan, move yourself over to that table. She said that lamp come up off of the table by itself, looked like nothing around it, and went right through the air. Right over to the other table. I set itself down. And I thought, my, my, my. i never seen anything like this before. But Satan will give you power. Which you may live and die and never have that kind of power. But if you believe in him, he'll give you power when you pay the price to get it. He said, the next week, it was the second initiation that you had to be willing, if you were a woman, you had to be willing to go up front, take your clothes off, all of them, lay on the bed. And any man in the congregation that wanted to have sex with you in front of the church go up, he takes his clothes off, and he gets in bed with you, and you have sex with him. <laughs> I said, did you do that? She said, I did. I said, did anybody come up to have sex with you? She said, oh, sure. I said, very many. She said, not a lot, just a few. I don't remember how many. Three or four, or something like that, you know, whatever. One that wanted to. She said, and I could tell that some kind of a strange spirit was going into me. Every time I'd go on the premises and do something. She said, I went back the third time. Now then, this is the final initiation that you have to perform promise to perform before you become a high priestess or a high priest of Satan than when he gives you special power. Now your final one is you have to go out and kill a child that you get yourself. That you kidnap yourself. You have to kill a child, drain the blood out of the child in a container, prove to us that you killed the child and you saved the blood. You have to stand in Satan's church here and drink a glass of blood from a child that you killed. I said, did you do that? She said, no. I wouldn't do it. She said, every time I go, they stand me up and whip me with a whip because I won't obey Satan. And I won't do it. But she said, just being there on the premises, Satan's power comes in you strong by just being there. She said they present everything like it's like it's all right. But she said there's a strange eerie kind of a spirit in that place I said oh sure sure I understand that but she said these women here these 35 women has been praying for me for two three years and she said they're the ones that brought me here tonight they wanted me to hear you well that's that's the reason folks I was elected in that in the uh, election they had because the Lord saw all that if you don't have the wisdom and the patience and the faith to see something like that through if you cannot be led by the Holy Spirit and know what to do wrap them up in a sheet and everything else you know what you're supposed to do step by step people like that they can't, get, they can't get no help but the Holy Spirit if you let the Spirit pray God says if there's anything that you pray for but you can't get victory you don't know how to pray He said let the Spirit pray and He will search out the situation and He will pray and He'll even pray with groanings that cannot be uttered. And he, when, you, when you pray in groanings, it cannot be uttered. You can get the toughest of the toughest cases delivered. Because when you speak in an unknown tongue in groanings, the Bible says you speak directly to God and no man understands you. How be it in the Spirit, there is a mystery that and there is a mystery to it but it's all real just as real as i am the holy ghost can get you free from anything you just have to pay the price and talk to god in his language because when you speak in an unknown tongue, the bible says that you talk directly to God and no man understands you how be it in the spirit there is a mystery to it there is but it's all scriptural that's the reason this afternoon God gave me these two scriptures like Matthew I had made no plans there's a woman, a demon possessed woman here on the premise in a gospel meeting What are you going to do about it? I had made no plans to do anything about it. He said, well, the book of Matthew will do something about it. You tell people all the time, you're a Bible believer. The book of Matthew will do something about it. I said, "I I know it would, Jesus. I know it would. I know the truth is in the word. And I know the book of Matthew do something about it. And I said, And I'll do something about it too. And God said, look at me, congregation. And God said, Show me. This whole congregation sitting in that ballroom. She's sitting right the woman with devils, possessed with devils, sitting back there. Ain't nobody who knows how to help her. But the book of Matthew knows how to help her. And the book of Corinthians knows how to help her. I mean, the book of Romans knows how to help her. And you know how to help her. Show me you believe the word. Show me. I said, okay, I'll show you. That's when I went back to her and looked at her straight in the eyes and said, in Jesus' name, you devil, in Jesus' name. she went like this and said in Lucifer's name I won't come out (laughs) I said oh yes you will don't hand me that in Jesus name God is bigger than the devil and I made a beeline for her and I grabbed her by the head in Jesus name come out of her I said come out of her she went ah, she fell backwards into the chairs. Knocked a whole bunch of chairs over. She hit the floor. She started cursing. Cursing a blue streak. What does that mean? That means cursing big. Jesus Christ is a S O B, S.O.B. And G.D.S.O.B. And Norval Hayes is a G D S O B. Both of them. I hate both of them. I hate them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she hates us because she's full of the devil. And we we have learned from God how to handle devils. How do you learn? (laughs) You, You let Jesus be your teacher. You understand that? Let Jesus be your teacher. And they brought to him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast the devils out cast the spirits out, and healed all the sick people that was there. Blessed be God forevermore. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't the Lord wonderful? Set her totally free. That service set her totally free. But we had to go through all that stuff to get her free. And if I take time to teach you uh, like that, rather than just... You up and give a quick testimony. You'll say, well, I don't know how that could happen. you, you, you You need to understand what you have to do and what's in the Bible. I'm telling you, folks, the person that lives inside of you is the Holy Ghost. And he'll help. He'll perform the whole Bible for you if you let him. You know what the Holy Ghost is here for? The Bible says the Holy Ghost is a performer. He lives inside of you if you're born again. And the Bible says he is a performer. But he only performs what he hears. If you don't tell the truth, he will perform it. You can tell a demon possessed person to come out. That Jesus says your answer, he'll, he'll, he'll perform it. The Lord wants to heal you. It's kind of hard to tell people that, that, that the Lord will heal them. He wants to, if you'll believe him. Come to the church and come to the altar, he'll believe him. Then he, he has a chance to heal you. Just give Jesus a chance. That's all he wants is a chance. He wants your faith. Your faith can give him a chance. Blessed be God, pray for more. My daughter, daughter is on it. She's watched this all the time. she can do the same thing I can do. She's watched me so much. she can do it just as good as I can do it because course she'll say, oh no, I cannot, not as good as his daddy can do it, but I, I practice after my daddy. My daddy, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to carry this ministry on like my daddy said. I'm not listening to nobody else, because I've seen too much out of my daddy. People gets, gets free. She said, I'm going to practice after my daddy. She told me today, she says, daddy, I watched you on the computer last night. She said, I'm going to be watching you tonight. She had to speak in the church tonight, but she said... I'm going to be watching that, and I'll be home about 9.30. She said, you better say hello to me. <laughs> so I'm saying, hello, little Zona. How you doing, little Dotsy? Did you cast the devil out of anybody tonight? Did you have to? Did you get anybody saved? I'm sure she laid hands on people. Because she lays hands, she's just like me. She lays hands on everything that don't move. Glory <laughs> be to God forevermore. Thank you, Jesus. We have a Bible college where we train people to do exactly what Jesus did. Because if you don't, it's not real anyway, you might as well teach them the truth. Jesus is real, folks. His ministry is real. His name is full of power. It's real. All devils are afraid of his name. If you speak with authority. You can't speak with mealy mouth and like you know you don't know half what you're doing, devil won't pay attention to you. Learn exactly what you're doing. Look at devil straight in the eyes and say, In Jesus' name, you obey me. I command you, obey me. Come out of him. The devil, I've had the devil step back away from me and go, Oh, uh, uh. Oh, you, oh, you are strong. You are strong. Uh, You are strong. Oh, shut up in Jesus' name. Come out, I said. (laughs) That's what you have to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Isn't the Lord wonderful? Would you like to help me train Bible school students and feed the poor and stuff like that, you know? Would you like to help me do that? I'd appreciate it if you'd help me do it. So, if you'd like to help me do it, why not you bow your heads right now and just ask the Lord. I won't make no long to do over it. Just ask the Lord. Lord, what would you have me give tonight to help Brother Norbert in his ministry? Because I'll give it to the ministry. I can make a living from my businesses and Money I get personally, I can make a living for me and Maggie. I don't need to, and, and I, I don't have to use the offerings for that. But if I had to, I'd use a little bit of it for a living. But I don't have to, so I can use it for the Lord. I put it now. I can put it in the, in the ministry account to be used for the Lord. Thank God forevermore And maybe God hadn't called you to have an establishment to feed the poor, but He's called you. To feed the poor and to help, you know. If you don't know, you can help me do it. So, if you'd like to help. If you believe in a ministry like this, you'd like to help. I sure would appreciate anything you can do that will help us. And God will bless you mightily for it. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. All right, Everybody say, Jesus. Jesus. Help me. me. To please you. In my offering tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the gospel. It's so wonderful. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Say, I'm so happy that my name is written in heaven.
1: And say...